Hi everyone, Steven Schleicher from Majorspoilers.com here with you this week with another new Top 5. We hope you enjoy this episode. It is brought to you free of charge thanks to the great support of all of our VIP members at members.majorspoilers.com. Without these fine people making a small monthly contribution, we wouldn't be able to bring shows like Top 5 to you when we do. If you would like to become a Major Spoilers VIP, we would really appreciate it. Just point your browser to members.majorspoilers.com, read all the information, check out all of the extra stuff you get when you become a Major Spoilers VIP, and sign up today. Thank you so much. Here's your show. Welcome to Top 5, a show where you write in suggestions and we knock them down from 5 to 1. It's Top 5. This week, sent in from one of our listeners, Top 5 Sidekicks, any medium. Mm. Top 5 Sidekicks Mm. in any medium. My number Mm. Mm 5, Tonto from the old old, uh, black and white TV series. Ooh, not the radio not, series. No, not even the new Disney. No, good lord, no. <laughs> Just the TV series. Just the, the TV series. The Jay Silverheels version. The he was he probably had more going on than uh, than the Lone Ranger did, because you know Tano would disappear for a little bit, and then he'd come back and he goes, "Oh yeah, I know what's going on. Listen, Kimosabi, uh, this is this is the breakdown, and oh by the way, there's these two guys over there that we should go beat up." So Tano knew what was going on. <laughs> You don't believe me? Go track down those shows. No, I, I believe you. They were on the same Saturday morning TV that I'd watch. Yeah, right, right after Three Stooges. Right after Three Stooges and right before the Star Trek. Yep, that's right. So Tonto is my number five in our top five sidekicks. Zach, what do you have? Uh, my number five is a short, uh, stocky, bald man. Who, Thank you, Zach. <laughs> who ran around uh, Yankee Stadium and in 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 a in a in a body or a skin colored morph suit because he was too ashamed to streak himself. <laughs> he drug around the World Series uh, trophy in a parking lot, and uh, he killed his wife by buying cheap wedding invites. My number five sidekick is George Costanza. Can't stand Costanza. Yeah. Costanza. <laughs> Vandalay Industries. Say Vandalay yes. Industries. Vandalay Industries. I absolutely love. George, because he is the crazy glue that allows everyone else to seem a tiny bit less neurotic, because he is just all over the place. Uh, I mean, he's certainly one of the most, the least stable of, of the group of Seinfeld. Uh, you think uh, he's the least stable? He, he, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Even even less stable than Kramer. No, yeah, Kramer yeah. has Kramer, his, Kramer yeah. has his stuff together. Okay. Yeah, Kramer yeah. has internal consistency yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. <laughs> Kramer's nuts, but you notice that Kramer is never flipping out about oh, money yeah, or a, a there's job. There's a method mm-hmm. to his madness kind of thing. Kramer's got his stuff tied up. Now, he, he can't necessarily articulate the hows and the whys <laughs> of it because right. he's a cloud cuckoo lander. But, yeah, Kramer, Kramer's got his stuff. George has George got nothing. George is crazy. Well, Matthew, who do you have for your number five? My number five, actually, is a classic – Kind of a Dungeons and Dragons type story, uh, you know that that farmhand who then goes out and strikes up an adventure and and hooks up with a, a more powerful character, someone who's actually a well known fighter and becomes a fighter, and then eventually you know turns into the bard, and then a badass ninja type rogue, and eventually her her hero mentor dies, and she ends up being the badass hero herself. 
And of course, you know, they're also in love and they kiss a lot. Uh, my number five, Gabrielle from uh, Xena the Vampire Slayer. No, Xena the Warrior Princess <laughs> uh, in the 90s. I didn't watch this show until I absolutely had to when it was something in syndication on a program that I had to watch because I was running control for the television station. And I was surprised what a great arc, first of all, the character had, what fun she was because she started out as just this weird kind of mousy girl who wanted to do something and she was constantly being disappointed by her hero's feet of clay. But when you see that last episode and she's like sailing away on a ship and now she's fully armored and she's got Xena's signature weapon and she is like this. She's basically the new Xena. It's an amazing character arc for her. She starts out as timid little farm girl and ends up being in the badass rogue heroine, which I think is amazing. And I'm, I'm a little bit swayed by the fact that they let them get as close to they did as showing that same gender relationship between the two characters. I thought that was amazing, especially for 1994 or 95, whenever it was. If you embrace that and you take that character down to her roots, I mean, that would be the best D&D character ever. And I say that, you know, as the guy who played Torque. Uh, my number five, Gabrielle from uh, Xena Warrior Princess. Cool. Rodrigo, what do you have in this uh, sidekick listing of of uh, of characters from five to one? Uh, my number five is um, John from John Dies at the End. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Have you guys seen John Dies at the End? I, I have. It is a, it is a the, crazy, the yes, it is a crazy, 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 insane movie. Yeah. I've got the book. I haven't read the book because the it's not quite the same adaptation. Yeah, I haven't read it either. I'm talking about the movie character. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it goes down in the book. But basically, uh, this isn't too super spoilery. If you know that it's going to be a super weird movie, basically, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is crazy. This is. This isn't this, these aren't big spoilers. John kind of ODs on like a weird time travel drug and places a thousand phone calls to the main character, which then become relevant as they slowly happen throughout the movie. Yeah. It's, uh, so it's, it's yeah. In in the book, he, yeah, in the book, ahead. one of the big sequences in the book is they do drugs and one of their big fight scenes towards the end of what would be in the movie plays out like a Mario game in the book where they're seeing these mushrooms and hitting mushrooms and trying to kill these things. So it's quite a bit different. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So John is, ends up being incredibly helpful after he plays all those calls, but then spends like physically, he spends the majority of the movie passed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's a so good movie. It's, yeah, it's a super weird like dynamic, but it was it's really interesting. Uh, if you guys haven't seen uh, John Dies at the End, I would recommend it. Actually, it's it's a weird, it's a really weird movie. You don't know where things are gonna end up, so it's it's pretty cool. All right, awesome. cool. Thank you for that, uh, Rodrigo. Mine also, my, my my number four also comes from a movie. It is Wang from. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I suppose if I would have just said my number four is Wang, that probably would not have been appropriate. So I had to say he was a character from Big Trouble in Little China. But, you know, he's the one who has his 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 uh, fiance is kidnapped by the, uh, the 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 Red Dragons and Jack Burton. And he have to go infiltrate Lopan's uh, domain mm-hmm. to rescue them. And he's cool. He knows how to fight. 
he's the one that's kind of explaining everything to the hero. Um, if you think about it, where, uh, you know, Batman and Robin in the 60s TV show, Batman always had to explain things to Robin. In uh, Green Hornet, Cato was kind of taking the lead and doing stuff. Wayne kind of falls in between that area. He's not sure of everything that's going on, but he knows enough to explain things to Jack. And Jack has his old good old boy uh, philosophy that he then is trying to pass on to Wang. But the two together work really, really great. And um, I think Wang is just a fun character. And so my number four, Wang. You know what old Jack Burton says at a time like that, Stephen? Wang. <laughs> Zach, what you got for number four? Uh, my my number four is a is a character that takes the the insanity of of of, of the main character and tries to offset it. I think a lot like George, which I think is a is a great quality and, a, and especially a comedic sidekick in that. Uh, they make the main person seem not as crazy, but if mm. they're by themselves, are totally just insane. So my number four is Dwight Schrute from The Office, because I think uh, on his own, he's crazy. And then when he's teamed with Michael Scott, uh, he goes overboard. But if, if he wasn't there, Michael Scott would just be this doofus that could not get anything done mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more than he already can't with Dwight's already there. And so I, I, I like that dynamic of of Michael and Dwight. Uh, and where Dwight will take Michael's crazy plans and probably do what Michael really wants to do in his head. It just takes him to a crazy other limit. Yeah. Which I think was make uh, Dwight a, a really good sidekick, especially for Michael Scott. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Matthew, what do you have for number four? Or who My do you number have for number four? four. I, I actually had to limit myself because if you say sidekick to me. Nope, any medium, s- any sidekick. And that's the thing. I think superhero. And if I think superhero, usually you're in for a long conversation. So I limited myself. And I said to myself, I can't do a bunch of sidekicks because, first of all, they all have really weird names. But I needed to at least touch on the concept of the superhero sidekick. And I said to myself, who is the quintessential sidekick? Who is the sidekick among sidekicks? And it's not Robin. You think it might be Robin. It's not Cato. I will tell you who the sidekick among sidekicks is, dating back to the earliest days of the Marvel Universe in 1962. Sidekicked for Captain Marvel, for Captain America, for Rom, for another Captain Marvel, was part of, in fact, I think the impetus for the freaking Avengers to come together. That man is Richard Milhouse Jones yeah. of any town USA. Rick Jones... Uh, first appearance of the Hulk, Rick Jones basically caused the Hulk. Yep. Stupid kid. Rick, well, and that's the thing. But he, you know, probably saved uh, Bruce Banner's life. True. And then he brought the Avengers together, thanks to his friends in the Teen Brigade. Yep. He saved Captain America's life at a point where Captain America was totally freaked out. Captain Marvel at one point was bonded to him and could only get out of the negative zone because of Rick being there. There's a point where Rick and the Hulk are on a ship. They're on an alien spaceship. And the Hulk leaps out and all of a sudden the ship explodes and Hulk realizes that, oh my God, Rick Jones just died. And he's standing there sad as pieces rain down and then all of a sudden this parachute drifts into view and the Hulk leaps up and it's Rick in a parachute and Hulk's like, how did you know you would need that? And Rick looked him in the eye and said, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. I always have a parachute just in case. (laughs) (laughs) That is why my number four 
Rick Jones, probably in a lot of ways the spine of the Marvel Universe, the, the man who is central to everything, uh, almost as much as Franklin Richards, but that's another story. Yeah. No, Rick Jones almost was on my list for, for yeah. basically the same reason. He's been around forever He's, and has been a companion to everybody. He was, he was a Bucky. He was actually, until very recently, he was, in fact, a Hulk-powered gamma super guy himself. But he got depowered a month or so ago. He was the A-bomb. Oh, really? Or as, yeah, as my kid calls him, the Blue Hulk. Wow. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Rodrigo, who do you have on number four? Uh, my number four is a character who gets a lot of flack, but uh, is actually a really solid sidekick. Um, I'm talking about uh, Navi from the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm. Oh, hey. I thought you were going to say go Kaiger. I was going to love you forever. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are annoyed by, <laughs> by Navi. Hey, listen. Um, yes, especially her, her propensity to uh, get your attention. But hey. here's the thing. She's actually extremely helpful. And... Um, <laughs> Fulfills a lot of important roles, like she gives you exposition, she helps you to understand what's going on. Um, she and and more, most importantly, if you remember playing Ocarina of Time, she helps Link aim and actually hit things. Otherwise, Link just swings wild stuff wildly around and hopes that something gets stabbed in the process, and it's not him. So. Uh, Navi is actually extremely useful. Like, imagine if the only way that Captain America could hit anything is if Rick Jones was like, over there, over there, that guy. Hey, Cap, listen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, I'd say she's like, Navi is a sort of sidekick that is absolutely necessary for the main character to do anything. So uh, my number four, Navi from uh, Ocarina of Time. Excellent. My number three, imagine if you are the world's greatest athlete. Oh, I totally Imagine okay. if you are also the world's greatest detective. What? Imagine okay. if you were the thing that oh, the criminals thing. feared every day. Jail. And now imagine you had a sidekick who was a super ninja. Ooh. I'm talking about Cassandra Kane, Batgirl. Oh, Ooh. I know that Steven a lot of people. That's a curve. I know a lot of people are really into uh, Barbara Gordon doing the whole Batgirl thing in the new Batgirl series. But at one time, when Barbara was Oracle and wasn't Batgirl, and Batman needed a Batgirl, Robin was off doing his thing, a thing fighting a King Snake or something. Um. Batman needed somebody, and this somebody was an abused girl raised from birth by Deathstroke, right? I'm thinking it's Deathstroke. Uh, or Deathstroke was her father was, or whatever. I think it was just ninja. It was, it it was, was her, like an order of her father, David Kane, I want to oh, say. David Kane, was the head right. of, yeah. but, Deathstroke uh, got, her hand, got his hands on her later, though, in the Teen Titans. Yeah, and um, she would never talk just because of the trauma that she went through. But she could read a person a mile away and know exactly how to take that person out. Uh, and what was cool about seeing Cassandra King grow as a character is she actually did grow. She actually went from this young 
teenager-y, 13, 14-year-old type girl into a full woman over the course of her run in uh, in DC Comics and then did come out of her shell, did learn to speak, did learn to go out on her own, but then also realized at the end, and this is what I think a lot of sidekicks don't realize at the end, is that she needed to go off and do her own thing. And so right in the middle of the rain, she took off all of her clothes, dropped the bat girl suit in front of Stephanie uh, Brown and said, go for it and walked away. And she is a kick-ass sidekick, somebody that Batman absolutely needed. And especially at the part where, uh, I won't get into the part, but there's a whole scene where uh, she goes a little nutso and Batman has to talk her down and they have a, they have a, a father-daughter moment uh, in, that, in that run. Uh, but yeah, Cassandra Kane, I love her as Batgirl. I love the fact that she sewed up her entire face so that nobody could see her. Um, it just She, it, to me, is an example of a great sidekick. And it's one that people don't see coming, kind of like Navi, Cassandra Kane. Mm-hmm. Except she you never said. Navi. Except you never heard her going, Batman, Batman, hey over there, Batman. Because she didn't talk. I know she just would point, and Batman would be like doing the two fingers to the eye and pointing back at her, and she'd do the two fingers to the eye and point back at him, and pretty soon they were like pointing their elbows at one another, and yeah, Whoa. yeah. Zach, who do you have for number three? Uh, my number three is one I almost didn't put on the list because I thought, well, is he a sidekick or is he really like a co superhero or Mm. a co hero? Mm. But then I dug deep down in my heart and I knew that if this person wasn't with the, his, uh, whatever you, his big brother, his mentor, 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 that he wouldn't be his true self, but the mentor would still be who they are. Uh, so my number, what are we at? Three, Three yep. is Troy Barnes from Community. <laughs> because Troy really grows into himself once he meets Abed. But Abed yeah. would be completely fine and be himself if he didn't have Troy. Yeah. But together, they make a great team. Mm. Um, I mean, they did break our hearts with the... Pillow Fort v. Blanket Fort. Blanket Fort, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A debacle. Uh, and that that was a tough time for the duo, but you know they got over it, and then they started you know, their morning they, show. They did a lot of good things. Yeah. Uh, so I think Troy is. I, I love I love the pairing of those two. They're they're wonderful. Uh, when they when they start making believe and they do all the fun stuff, but I th- I think Troy is a great sidekick because again he kind of balances out the uh, the pairing, but he needs. Uh, his his mentor of Abed to really find his true self and make life better for both of them. So my number three is Troy Barnes. Excellent. You you guys uh you guys have all seen Pacific Rim, right? Yes. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there was, uh, I don't care. There was a there was a discussion. There's a lot of discussions online about what characters outside of the Pacific Rim universe would be drift compatible, and like mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, "Yep, definitely Troy and Abbott would be like the most drift compatible <laughs> characters." Yeah. yeah, interesting. I can see that. Yep, Matthew, who do you have for number three? My number three is going to get me in trouble because people are going to say, "No, he's totally not a sidekick. You're stupid." But you have to look at each story. From its own perspective. And for me, the meta story being told around this character has him as an associate, a side hero, a sidekick, part of, you know, a a quirky mini boss crew in a way for 
the Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, my number three, Inigo Montoya. Because yeah, he, he's a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, total sidekick. Throughout, yeah. throughout that movie, Inigo has his own motivation and his own arc, but there are really wonderful points where he's like, I got nothing. And then Wesley puts something together and he's like, if only we had a Holocaust book. He's like, oh, we have one of those. You know, it's, it's a wonderful moment, but throughout that, he's heroic in his own way, but he's definitely a, a secondary, that sidekick character. At the end, he has his great, incredible moment where you think he's dead, he's bleeding, and then he gets mad, and he, he you know, verbally hulks out and does that whole thing. And of course, he's played by Mandy Patinkin. Uh, if I ever die, make me played by Mandy Patinkin. Okay. That is, that is my last wish on Earth. Is for Mandy Patinkin with a Spanish accent to be me in the major spoilers movie. Hmm. <laughs> Either Mandy Patinkin or Pendulette, or both. I mean, I am a man of wealth and girth and taste. But um, yes, my number three. <laughs> People are going to yell at me because they say he's a hero unto himself. No, but I think he's definitely a side. I mean, he, well, he, he can, can be certainly heroic. be that. He can certainly have his own arc. I mean, even like I said with Cassandra Kane, she has her own story arc throughout the whole series. In fact, had her own series called Batgirl. But she was mm-hmm. definitely a sidekick to Batman, just like sure. uh, Patinkin's character is the uh, is the sidekick in in Princess Bride, just like. Well, yeah, uh, and I mean, he starts out as a sidekick to uh, the Sicilian. Inconceivable. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I, he, he just kind of transfers bosses. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. Yeah. In fact, he the has that he has that big uh, he has that big moment where he's drunk outside the uh, what is it? The smugglers camp or whatever, where he's basically drunkenly talking to his father saying, I have no direction. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. because he needs that guide. He needs he needs the dread pirate. He needs Wesley. He needs somebody. He needs somebody to point him along. Yep. Now that I'm no longer in the revenge business, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. Rodrigo, who do you have for number three? Uh, my number three is a character that I think I've talked about before on this show. Um, but the great thing about this uh, sidekick is that um, he's got a lot going for him. Uh, he's really handy in a fight. Um, he is uh, very loyal. And also... He can become a mode of transportation, uh, which is very important. Uh, I'm talking about 3030 from Brave Star. Yes! Yes! Now, yes, 3030 is a cyborg horse who has the power to turn into a... an anthropomorphic cyborg horse. Cyborg horse. And has a giant gun that he shoots people with. Massive blunderbuss. Just, just such a crazy character. Um, he is also he kind of fulfills an important role in that. Uh, Brave Star, the main character, kind of uh, in um, setting himself apart from a lot of other uh, main characters. He's actually the more uh, wise and reserved character. Yeah, uh, which allows thirty thirty to be that like basically lancer character that character that gets them into trouble or exacerbates the situation he's a character who's itching for a fight which usually you know in modern cartoons that tends to be the main character and then like the other characters kind of have to like teach him to be a little bit more mm. uh, patient or wiser yeah. but in brave star brave star is like our focus character is like let's think about this let's all be peaceful while over there his robot horse is beating people up 
Yeah, I'm uh, which is peaceful. like which, he's in pieces, she's in pieces, everybody's yeah, exactly, in pieces. Exactly. So uh 3030 from Brave Star, just a great character in every way, in every possible way. Cool. Excellent. Uh we are now on to our number twos. Imagine if you would, you are the world's greatest scientist. Okay. You are the world's greatest neurosurgeon. You are the world's greatest adventurer. You've got movies made after named after you, a toy line. I mean People know who you are. And then your best friend, who's also a very smart person, neurosurgeon, has no idea what that watermelon is doing there. <laughs> I am talking about New Jersey from Buckaroo Bonsai <laughs> across the eighth dimension. Uh, Jeff, Go- cool. Jeff Goldblum's character is so cool because he wants to be hip and he wants to be with it. And he knows Buckaroo Bonsai, who's his colleague. They do brain surgery all the time uh, uh-huh. together. And then when Buckaroo's like, hey, we got an opening. You want to be you want to come with me? You want to join up on the Hong Kong Cavaliers? He's like, yeah, OK. And he only knows Buckaroo Bonsai from the books and the comic books. And so he shows up dressed up as a cowboy thinking that that's what everybody wears, cowboy gear. And he goes through the whole movie somewhat clueless. But as sidekicks off and are, he is our through character to understand everything about the, the Bonsai universe. You're Pecos, right? I know that's a uh, perfect Tommy. <laughs> oh, you're Pecos. No, I'm Rawhide. I forget who the other one is. No, Nevada. <laughs> Reno, Nevada. Yes. Yeah. It, it is such a good movie. If you've never seen it, Zach, you've never seen Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. Never. Pure camp. Yeah. But a you brilliant can watch movie. It with uh, Steven and I doing. Uh, oh, yeah, we did do a. Uh, content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bonus tracks over at members.majorspoilers.com. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so worth it. It is so good. I really wish they would have made a sequel out of it. Today, you would not be able to just because of the star power that's in that movie. I mean, Clancy Brown, Peter Weller. Billy Vera. Uh, John Big Booty. Uh, John Smallberries. <laughs> John Yaya. <laughs> John Many Jars. <laughs> Shall we go on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that movie. No, but seriously, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, uh, John Lithgow. I mean, just uh, just all those stars, you would just not be able to assemble them today. Vincent Chevelli. With, well, he's dead, so oh, it'd be no. very hard to assemble him again. Um, right. The guy that looks like uh, the guy from Princess Bride. Um, <laughs> just such a uh, good movie. And what? New Jersey is such a great sidekick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, the guy that looks like the guy that looks like Peter Falk that was uh, that played uh, uh, Anadea, yeah, yeah, who played uh, Carlos Carlos husband, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The guy who looks like the guy from the other thing, as you, we also as you wish, he looks like Columbo, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> Zach, who do you have for your number two? My number two uh, comes from the world of magic, magic, and uh, he's not as good. As the hero. In fact, uh, he's not very good at much things for... Not very good at much things. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, he's not great throughout the whole series. But oh, he, he has a shining moment. End, right? He gets his yeah. girl at the end. The girl that for, or for seven books you would assume would end up with the main character. Yeah. He swoops in and grabs her. Yeah. Number two is Ron Weasley. I'm going to go Ron. Ron. Ron, uh, I mean, there are so many great characters in the Harry Potter series. 
but when you look at the main three, I think Ron Ron's a great character, especially his sidekick because he's always there for Harry. They're flying cars, mm-hmm. they're battling people, the Whomping Willows. Uh, yes, he's never quite as good, but he's always, he always just like I always feel like he's so positive. He's just there. He's still ready to go on an adventure. He knows he's not going to get as much love as Harry. He's never going to uh, be as famous or anything. He comes from. Uh, a lower tier family, but mm-hmm. he's always there, and he's he's got his nose in the game. He's shedding blood for the magic kind. He's protecting everyone, uh, and then he gets Hermione at the end. That's really nice. Yeah, so he they, gets to they, snog they, on her. Yeah, snogging is such a weird term, by the way. Not if I, you're I British. I mean, you it's still look at us and think smooching sounds weird. Well, I don't say smooching either. Well, what do not? you say? Zach says. I'm getting it on. Getting it on. Bow, baka, bow, bow. Ma- Mackin it. Mackin. <laughs> Macking. We call it uh, Mackin. <laughs> Macking. I hadn't heard that in years. Uh, anyway. Decades, maybe. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he gets, he gets really jealous there in the yeah. last book where they're in the tent and he goes all yeah. crazy on mm. uh, on Harry over the... Yeah. Over the yeah. Uh, well, so, like really Ron. High yeah. Ron's good. Mine's a good sidekick. Yeah, he is. I think he's two. a good good sidekick. Yeah. yeah, I almost had another redhead in my number two, but I went with uh, New Jersey instead. Yes, Carrot Top is, is a great sidekick mm-hmm. because just when you know it, he's like, hey, look at this. What I pulled out of my case. It's a hanger. Yeah. It's a carrot. It's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a top. Yeah. It's a carrot it's, top. It's a yeah. saw with glasses on. See, but you have to imagine this is just much better if I have my stuff with me. <laughs> Matthew, but, what do you have for number two? Steven, I want you to think for a moment. I want you to picture yourself. All right. It's picture yourself. On a boat on a river? On a train in a station. Oh, okay. No, with nine glass and a half. seed porters and looking glass ties. And oh, okay. suddenly someone is there at the turnstile. A girl with colitis goes by. None of this has anything to do with my number two. But you keep saying it, and it's stuck in my head, and now it's stuck in everybody else's head. You're welcome. My number two is actually a fascinating character archetype. Because when we first meet him, he has been doing nothing for years. And enjoying the hell out of it. But the first thing he does is save the protagonist's life in a last second, last ditch effort. I mean, this is an apocalyptic situation. Everything's going to the dogs. Everything is going to explode and die. And Ford slips in and tells Arthur to drink five beers and hang on tight. And turns on his electronic thumb and they're teleported away from the exploding planet Earth. Ford Prefect is my number two. And Ford is a great character because he has no drive. Yeah. Whatsoever. He came to Earth as an alien trying to figure out Earth culture. And he chose the name Ford Prefect, which is a very common automobile of the 70s, because he thought it would be inconspicuous. He misjudged the dominant life form on the planet. Well, I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. I was going to say, you know, the best thing is he was able to update the uh, the guide on on That's Earth true. with all the years that he was on there. So you know, he's That's got true. that going with him for him too. But mostly, it's said mostly harmless. Yeah, mostly harmless. And we get to a point where in the, the third book, which is actually adapted from a Doctor Who story, all of these characters who have spent two books being these strange guys are trying to be in an adventure setting. Ford is actively rebelling against being the hero of an adventure story. Mm. So these things are going on and Slarty Bart fast is we have to go here and do this and save the world. And Ford's like, I'm just going to drink. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get drunk because he's not that guy. He knows he's not that guy, 
But he's the center of it all because because of him, we meet his semi-cousin Ix, who shares six of the same mothers as him, also known as president of the universe Zaphod Beeblebrox. And he ties that whole plot together. If it weren't for him, Arthur would have died when the Earth exploded. Ford figured it out. And as weird as it is, I really kind of like most deaf as Ford in the movie version because he's just so laid back and so... I don't know what's going on, but this is awesome. And also towels are great, which is why my number two Ford Prefect is my number two awesome sidekick of awesome from anywhere in the awesome. Cool. Rodrigo, you must have a number two. I do. Well, it's the name of the show. Top five, Matthew. If you didn't have a number two, I'd be like three and three quarters, maybe. Oh, that's going to be our next series. Three and three quarters. Maybe. <laughs> top three and three quarters. <laughs> no, not just top. It's just going to be called three and three quarters. Middle, it's going to be called middle three and three quarters. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be our take on British comedy. And we're going to cut off the first five minutes and the last two minutes yes. of the show. Yes. And then oh, you have to so jump fun. in and just figure out the context. This is a show. I'm why, telling you. Why you, we're ju- laughing you jump like in. It. You jump in in the middle of act two and yep. you don't resolve act three. <laughs> that's right. And you just and do that. When we get to 750, <laughs> uh, there was a, there's already a like if you watch Lost, I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Oh, no, they try to flash things back. But this would be like yeah. if this you were watching if you were watching Die Hard and it was three and three quarters, it would be, you know, you start off with welcome to the party, pal. And then uh, it ends with um, where would where would that end? It would end with him in the elevator in the um, in the elevator shaft. Hey, come out to Los Angeles. We'll have a few drinks. That's, that's <laughs> where it would end. And it just ends. Yep. The great right. thing is, like, I think if we did that with Jaws, it, you would never see the shark. It would just be two guys. <laughs> and it would end before you saw the shark. Yeah. It'd just be, it would just be uh, the the battleship uh, uh, horror story uh, out when they're out drinking in the middle of the ocean. 275 yeah. men went in the water that day and 8.325 came out. The end. Uh, we have the to explore end. three and three quarters. Anyway, yeah. sorry, Rodrigo. We could do Cosmos, but only show two thirds of episode five. <laughs> what do you have for number two, Rodrigo? All right. My uh, number two is uh, actually uh, an important psychic archetype or yeah, sidekick archetype but one that doesn't get explored a lot I think because it's difficult to write Um, but this is the sidekick that starts out as a villain as an enemy to the main characters and eventually uh, either comes around or after his defeat uh, um, basically joins up with the good guys uh, whether that's his uh, choice or not Um, I'm talking about uh, the Best comic book character uh, that I've encountered in a long time. I'm the uh, Cage Demon Wolf from. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, just, just if you've read Empowered and you just heard me say that, you just cracked up because by far the most interesting character in Empowered is the Cage Demon Wolf. Um, he does a lot. He provides exposition because he perceives time non-linearly. Um, he, uh, uh, is actually weirdly a conscience for the characters, not by telling them what they should do, but because he's a 
bastard and generally points out when characters are being disingenuous to themselves or something like that. You know, um, there's kind of uh, kind of or, you know, depending on where you're on the book, uh, there's a lot of tension between uh, um, Ninjet and Empowered and uh, crap. I forgot the boyfriend's name. Thug boy. Um, Thug boy. And the first person to point that out way before it becomes an issue is the cage demon wolf. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of those things um, you see coming because of this extra dimensional entity that's trapped in alien bondage gear. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely. By far, one of my favorite sidekicks of all time is the cage demon wolf from Empowered. Most excellent. We now are to our number ones. Imagine if you were the world's greatest detective. Okay. Imagine okay. if you were the ri- one of the richest people on the planet. Okay. Imagine if you dressed up at night as a bat mm-hmm. to terrorize people. All right. Um, nobody knows who you are except mm-hmm. for the boy who for, except for the boy who moved in next door to you about 6 months ago. Mm. Who uh, figured you out by watching TV reruns. <laughs> I'm talking about Tim Drake. Robin is the greatest sidekick of all time. He's not the uh, the abandoned orphan. Well, I mean, kind of isn't an orphan uh, by the time his story kicks into gear. But with uh, uh, Dick Grayson getting a little bit too old to be a sidekick and, in fact, telling Batman to go F off and become Nightwing, um, there needed to be a role of a sidekick for Robin. This was long before Cassandra Kane came in. Um, but Tim Drake was a next door neighbor of the Waynes and by watching television figured out that Batman and Bruce Wayne were the same person. He then goes over to confront Batman and Batman's trying to deny it. And then, uh, Tim's parents, one of them gets brutally murdered and, uh, later the other one gets brutally murdered. Uh, but he basically blackmails Batman into letting him become the new Robin. And then proceeds to to uh, show that he is one of the greatest. He's an even better Batman than Batman could ever be. Nice. I I really am disappointed when uh, they didn't make him Batman when Batman died a couple of years ago because he would have been perfect. Uh, but yeah, Tim Drake I think is is by far the best uh, sidekick out there. He's super smart. He is athletic because that's what he was you know training for at his school. Um, and just. Super likable character. Even if he is getting the crap beat out of him by uh, Killer Croc or King Snake or Mr. Freeze or Joker or there's Somebody. actually I think I think actually Victoria Robinson. Oh, they did a live over on a Geek History Lesson over the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. They did a live reading uh, reenactment of a comic book and they mm-hmm. did one of my favorite Tim Drake stories. It's where Tim Drake, it's Christmas and he um is losing a fight. A car pulls up and the guy in the car is like, get in. And Tim jumps in and it turns out it's being driven by the Joker. The Joker has been stalking him. Mm-hmm. And Tim has to figure out a way of getting out of the, out of this car before the Joker kills him. It's a great issue. Uh, go track that down, but you can go listen to their dramatic reading over on uh, the geek history lesson, part of the major spoilers podcast network. So my number one, Tim Drake, I dare you to, uh, to tell me otherwise. I dare. No, Go ahead, Zach. My number one. Uh, wrong. <laughs> yes, it is absolutely wrong. My number one is a sidekick 
who starts out with very low aspirations. Even even his mentor, his hero, has no high hopes for him. He thinks he's just going to be this little punk for the for the entire ride of uh, of their existence. But he rises above all of that and surpasses even his teacher mm. to become uh, a better cook, to become more human than his mentor, and to ultimately, uh, spoilers, live and continue his life after the series. My number one sidekick is Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad. Mr. White. Yeah. Mr. White. Uh, I really like Je- Jesse. Has, Jesse has a, a, uh, a, a rough journey from the start of Breaking Bad to the end of the last episode. He sees many loved ones uh, go away and die. Many at the hands of Walter White. Many at the hands of the, the man who was teaching him and they were great friends half the time. Uh, he, I mean, he did, he did learn a lot from, from Mr. White. He, he, he ended up liking science and, uh, did a lot of cooking himself. That was just the weirdest relationship between two characters because yeah, it was great. as much as Walter White just demeaned and put down Jesse at every turn, mm-hmm. he was just like, when it comes time to do stuff, I need Jesse. I need yeah. him. It's not like, I mean, Walter could have done it himself, but there's something that he latched onto with Jesse that is like, I want this kid around me all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because of his failings as a father with his own kids that Jesse became that surrogate son to him. Mm-hmm. That may be it. But it was a crazy ass Yeah, ride, it was a crazy, I mean, uh, Jesse isn't much help really in the beginning, but at the end, I mean, he's just as much of an integral role to their giant drug uh, uh, emporium as, as Walter is. So I mean I think he's a great character. He'll he'll do anything for Walt to yeah, a point. Yeah. Uh, I mean he 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 concocts some of their schemes at the end. He is recruited by the cartels yeah. to cook. Yeah. I don't know so much recruited as well, forced. forced into it. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, but I, I think his character arc is devastating. It's awesome to follow. Uh, and like Max even said, that relationship between him and Walt is just kooky. But it, he is certainly a sidekick to Walt, and it is, it is fun times. Yeah, good number one. Good number one. Uh, Matthew, what do you have for your number one? My number one. Or who? I guess I could say what. Who, what, where? Could, could be Herbie. Could be your number one. It could be, except Herbie's a hero in his own right. It would be no one's sidekick. No, I meant, Herbie, even, I meant uh, Herbie the robot from Fantastic Four. No, Herbie was not a good character. <laughs> no. <clears throat> My number one deserves her number deserves to be number one however it is not the number by which she is primary known that number is 99 and the reason why she's the best sidekick ever is she works along with agent 86 who is the top agent of the spy agency control now, there are two things you need to know about Agent 86. One, he's about three inches shorter than her. Two, he's a terrible, terrible spy. But she is so competent that she actually manages to be competent enough to keep him the number one spy. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like Lana and Sterling from Archer, only mm-hmm. 35 years earlier. Uh, 99 never has another name that we know of. They get married, and her husband still calls her 99. 
they make a joke of it during the wedding at a point where you should hear her name. They make a point of cutting away because it's a Mel Brooks thing. Mel Brooks does that. But 99 throughout the series of Get Smart is always hyper-competent, always together, always smart. And the one bit of Get Smart stuff that isn't any fun for me is the movie The Nude Bomb, partly because it's kind of vulgar. It's kind of misreading the humor of the original series. But more importantly, it has no 99 in it. Without 99, 86 is just kind of a jerk. And no amount of the old giant chicken trick overcomes the fact that he kind of needs somebody. He needs a corn fed. He needs somebody to keep him not dead. And I think throughout that show, she really, really showed herself to be one of the best, if not the best, I'm going to say the best, for purposes of this show right now uh, on February the 3rd, 2015. I will say that the best sidekick of all time, Agent 99 from Get Smart from, I'm going to say 1967, 1969, something like that. Okay. I'm cool. old. Yeah. Yeah, you are. All right, uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number one? Uh, my number one is a character who exhibits a lot of traits that you want in a sidekick. Uh, loyalty, um, a willingness to just go to the mat for the boss. Um, he's very organized. And also, he has a very awesome, mysterious past. I'm talking about Owen from Gargoyles. Uh, <laughs> Xanatos' number two. Um, and... Uh, it, this is a great character because um, he is just like completely 100% all about the boss. Like um, he never emotes. He never says anything. He's just 100% into doing his job. And later on in the series, when you find out why, it's like a total like mind explosion phase all over your brains. Um, copyright. Rodrigo Lopez. Um, but, but actually, probably copyright major spoilers because I did it during a major spoilers show. Um, but uh, yeah, like I remember watching Gargoyles as a kid and just being like consistently like impressed by how ridiculously loyal and uh, kind of like uh, resourceful this character is. Mm-hmm. And then you find yeah. out what his real deal is and you're like, Oh, well, that's different. And then you find out what the stipulations of that deal is. And then it's like, oh, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. And that's cool again. Um, Don't want to spoil this like 20 year old cartoon for you guys. (laughs) But you should definitely, definitely start watching Gargoyles. Is it on the Hulu or the Netflix or something? I think actually it's on Disney's uh, website. Yeah, I think you can you can watch old episodes of Gargoyles there. Is he the one who has the thing in the thing? Uh, yeah. The foolish mortals thing and the thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like halfway through the series, you meet, uh, this guy who looks a lot like him. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, are you two related? And they're like, no, we've never seen each other before. And when they explained why they look alike, it's another one of those things where you're like, what, what? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Owen from Gargoyles, number one sidekick in my book. All right. Listeners, there you go. Our top five sidekicks, as viewed through the lens of each of us. And interestingly, all of us wear lenses. Eh. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we're nerds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah welcome, funny like, when way. we showed up, they're like, oh, welcome, welcome to being a nerd. Here's your The Flash t-shirt and a pair of glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, this is the part of the show where you guys head over to the podcast posting page at Majorspoilers.com and you share your top five sidekicks. Uh, go a little in-depth. Don't just rattle them off. Tell us what makes them uh, so special that they wind up on your list. We love reading them, and so does everyone else. And uh, until next time, remember, everyone loves a list, and that's why you're uh, posting them over at Majorspoilers.com. Wilson the volleyball. <laughs> yeah, nobody mentioned Jimmy Olsen. Nobody mentioned uh, Wilson. Yeah. Jimmy Wilson. Jimmy Wilson. Wilson we Olson. Should, Wilson should, Phillips. Uh, uh, Mr. Socko. Oh, that's good. We should uh, we should actually do a top five worst sidekicks <laughs> so that we can talk about Snarf. Yeah, there If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. 